Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Rifles Only Accuracy Podcast. Thanks for taking the time to come and listen to me flap my bill. I know I get boring sometimes, but I appreciate y'all sticking with me. (laughs) A little bit of stuff that came up on the rope. Uh, Let me pull it up here. So I got this question. And it's when you talk about drill and exercises, can you mention any modifications to make them applicable to rim fires? I generally use 50% of the distance. Example, if you talk about doing something at 500 yards, I try it at 250. Is this an appropriate accommodation? Uh, Yes, it is. Uh, What you'll basically do, what I do with it is I'll go and I'll look at my center fire data on like a 308 or a um, or a, a 65, something like that. And so if I go out and I say, okay, on the 308, if I'm using uh, 2.1 mils for 400, then what is the equivalent of 2.1 mils for rimfire? And you can go that way. What it roughly comes out to is 300 yards equals about 1,000 yards and 400 yards equals about a mile. That's rough. So it kind of just gives you an idea of what you need to do. Then obviously using, uh, you know, smaller targets, you know, and, and things like that, because you're at the at the closer ranges. So you do want to challenge yourself. Um, but as long as you're out there and you're doing those ranges and you're, the 22, you've you've heard me talk about the about the uh, training value on a 22, you know, reading the wind, try to shoot it when, when it's in high winds, you know, so you'll be able to make those corrections and stuff like that. You master all that, you come back to center fire and everything will be good to go. But I hope that answers your question. If it doesn't, uh, email me back again and I'll try to be a little bit better. I'm, I'm hoping that's what you were asking me, but if it's not, then sort me out and I will get it done. All right, back to the quality and quantity of the podcast. Today, we have a guest uh, who has been sponsoring the the um, match out here at Rifles Only. Uh, very, very generous again this year. Uh, I want to welcome on uh, Josh Van Heusen. Say hello, sir. Hello. Hey man, thanks thanks for taking the time. I know you're busy. I know that you you parked in your truck so people will leave you alone because you're running a business and and I appreciate you. Uh, I appreciate you uh, taking a little bit of time out so people can kind of learn who you are and what you do and and uh, where they can find your products and things like that. You can always find them at the Rifles Only Pro Shop because we carry it. So and but you can go to his his website is Wilder Tactical. But tell me tell me who are you, man? How old are you? Where are you from? What's your what's your life story? Uh. Well, pretty simple. Josh Van Heusen. I uh, grew up in upstate New York on a farm. Uh, joined the military when I was uh, 19. Went to Ranger Bat. I was a uh, Ranger medic. Went through the short course, the 18 Delta course, uh, the first half of it. Did that. And then uh, after that, I contracted for about five or six years. And then I started this company. Um, I'm 40 now, so been been plugging away at it for a while. I think we first met back in 2009 or 10, mm-hmm. uh, something like that. And uh, yeah, I've been, been just going at it ever since then. And we launched the company out as a real company probably about four years ago now, mm-hmm. uh, instead of just being a hobby shop. And uh, we've just been up and running and trying to keep up with everything because uh, it's been going good. Yeah. Well, you know, the, we have a mutual friend uh, who in the army with you and I heard about, I heard about you messing with Kydex well before I met you. And it was uh you know, I'm probably here to bet you, you were working with Kydex well well before, like I said, well before we met in 2009. <clears throat> yep. But uh, I had a chance to to take his inside the waistband holster, and he's just he's raving about it. He says, it doesn't bother my legs, and it's never in the way, and it does this. So I tried it out, and I, I really liked it a lot. And I know that uh, you have actually come here for the week of the brawl and set up shop and built Kydex right here on site. <laughs> 
Yep. Yep. That was, that was, uh, I like doing that a lot. That was fun back in the day when you could just show up and do some custom stuff on site, meet a lot of people, get to know everybody. Uh, yep. It's a good crowd to get to know and, yep. uh, still, still talk to a few people and, uh, you know, considering I haven't been down there for what, six, seven years. Yeah. It's years? been a while. I don't even know. It's been a while. It's been too long. That's yeah. for sure. Well, one of the things that you, down, yeah, one of the things that you did for me is you built a a double um, small of the back for two Walther PPKs. Oh yeah, that's got yeah. that's got to be one of the best holsters I have. It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember that one. Yeah, I don't remember oh, what yeah. movie I'd seen it in, but the guy had a couple of forty fives that he had in the back of a small of his <laughs> back, and I said, you know, I'm going to do that, but yeah. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it with a real man's gun, a Walther PPK. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Practical. Yeah, very practical. Yeah, so I, I still have that. In fact, I yeah. ran across it the other day. You know, you always have a box full of stuff that you haven't used for a while, and I, I ran across that. It yeah. brought, a, brought a smile to my face for sure. <laughs> nice. Yeah, it's, it's pretty funny you mention that because uh, I haven't made holsters in a couple of years now. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've we've actually come full circle. We've transitioned out of the Kydex holster stuff, and, and basically we're just full-blown mag holders, belts, a lot of the LE stuff. Um, you know, but it would be kind of fun to come back out there and do that again. Maybe we should plan on that for, uh, next year. Oh yeah, absolutely. Your, your, uh, fabrication table is still up. We keep it painted and everything. So it's, it's still here and <laughs> your fabric, that one fab table nice. that you built. And so it's still there. Nice. Yeah. It's cool. I'll, man. I'll, uh, we'll set that up for next year. Then I'll come out and do that. Bring some, I'll bring some other stuff too, but I'll come out and dust the old kind of stuff off and make make a few things there you go there you go well one of the things that i have is i just got a complete i have a, like a complete battle belt from you and it's it you put everything mm-hmm. on it i've got you know i've got my my pistol magazine holsters my rifle magazine holsters you know the drop bag um my you know my yep. my med kit that's on there and everything else and you sent that down and i it, we we keep it in the pro shop so that people can come by and look at it and then you know we'll if we didn't have what they have we send them to you you know to go and build these yep. build these and you've given you've given those away too like the complete sets and then also you know just yep. other you know single items but the 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 thing i was i was looking at your website and you have a you got a really short you know like uh, this is who i am but as you were working, what tipped this off for you to start doing this is because you were working as a medic and you were trying to find more efficient ways to carry your medical gear. Is is that kind of what I got from it? Yeah. Yeah. I used to modify a lot of the gear they would give us because it was just, it just didn't work right, fit right. Mm-hmm. Modified a lot of it and uh, started playing with Tidex stuff and actually made a tourniquet holder when I was uh, just started contracting. Um, and that's kind of what this all started from was that. And people were, you know, that's awesome. We should, you know, we need it. We could use it, whatever. And so we kind of dabbled with it, but yeah, that's, that's basically what got us all started. Um, was, was, was just redesigning other things out there to make them more efficient for your body, make them more comfortable and, uh, basically ergonomic. Like our, our big thing now, I pull a lot from that background, especially with the belt systems mm-hmm. is to make them comfortable. Right. Um, you know, rethinking the way that they're built. So if they're built as a system, not just a stiff belt or something else. Um, and, and that way it, it actually helps the body out better for longevity. You know, right. Cause no one likes to be uncomfortable. Right. Oh, but yeah, no, that was, that, it's just funny you bring that up. Cause yeah, that's exactly how we got started. Just, just messing around, modifying stuff and, Next thing you know, everybody wanted stuff done, and and here we are. Yeah, I got gotcha, you. I got gotcha. you. Well, it's kind of cool. The um, 
But you have a, I know that that system that I have here that we're showing off in the pro shop, it only has the outer mm-hmm. belt because the inner belt, I wear it. You know what I mean? And so when, when it's, yeah, when <laughs> yep. it's time for me to, when it's time for me to, to need that kind of stuff, I just put it on Velcros. It has its own buckle. I barely know it's there. You know, it, it's, it's nice and padded and everything yep. else. And it doesn't really seem like I'm, I'm wearing too much. I guess, you know, you, you have gone through a lot of stuff to make things like you said, the word you use was more comfortable. And I'm, I'm benefiting from that right now. You know, whenever I go and put that on, because it's true, I really don't know what's there. Yeah. And that's, well, that's our, we, we made a big push in the law enforcement market. And, mm-hmm. and that was, that's been one of our biggest selling points now is comfort. Mm-hmm. Um, we've, we've had them coming to us, um, different agencies, the marshals, uh, you know, all these different guys, border patrol, everyone else, like looking at it. Cause it's, it's not leather. It's not really big. It's super comfortable. It's rock solid. It's extremely durable. And they're, they're like I said, it, it's been really cool for us because they come to us. Someone shows them and they, they, they don't have, we're not out there hounding on them, trying to sell stuff. They're coming to us saying, Hey, this fixes a lot of issues we have. We want your stuff. Yeah. I hear you. I hear you. So, well, I'm looking at, I'm yeah, looking at this first one, just right off the bat on your website, you know, the MHP, what does that stand for? The multi-holster platform. Okay. That's a, that's a new item. We just, just released that. Okay. And that is a, uh, that's our new drop leg. Okay. And essentially we weren't happy with, you know, Safari land is just Safari land. You got to buy adapters, you got to do those other things. Um, there's, there's a few other companies making stuff out there. Weren't happy with any of them. So what we did is we made what we consider to be a universal holster platform. Um, and on the front of it, it actually has a mid ride, low ride holes in it for Safari land. So you get both heights in one platform. Right. And then it has a whole pattern, the three quarter inch whole pattern, that's just going to let you mount, um, some of your Blackhawk stuff and a couple of the other basic things out there, some of your G code stuff mm-hmm. on it as well. And then we have another adapter plate because there's so many different holsters out there and everyone likes to make their hole pattern slightly different. We have another adapter plate that'll mount all the new alien gear, Blackhawk duty holsters, uh, the G code RTI wheels. So basically with the, with the kit, you get the ability to pretty much mount any holster you're going to have out there with a standard hole pattern in it from any of the major companies that have been making stuff. Right. Right. So I'm looking uh, at and, this. With the, and then you can mount. Cool. And I'm looking at QLS, the MHP with a QLS and leg strap. What, what, tell me about that. Yeah. So the QLS, we're just using the Safari land uh, quick release um, system. And we just put the uh, receiver plate on there. So that way, you know, a lot of people are using Safari land or they're using another brand holster that either has Safari land pattern or can easily be fitted with a, a Safari land fork mm-hmm. um, to slide right into it. And then the leg strap um, for this, it actually mounts straight to the back of it. But what's unique about it is our leg strap actually swivels. Mm-hmm. So it's got a little platform, a little, uh, we call it a fan piece on the back of it. Mm-hmm. And your strap runs through it. It, it, uh, basically screws on at one single point. So your drop leg stays straight up and down. But when you move, that allows that to actually stay in position on your leg and walk with you. So it kind of turns. The leg strap will turn with you yeah. instead of rubbing or trying to like pull back and forth on your pants or pull your pants up. Yeah. So you're not feeling you. And I'm sure that also helps a lot with the fatigue because that's the biggest thing, you know, with, you know, with uh, having a a little bit lower slung pistol and you know you have a strap on your leg uh-huh. it, it like you you yep. feel it after a while you know it's like damn what am i i've got something in my cargo pocket or some shit because it seems like it's heavy 
and that was and that was the big thing towards it was uh getting chafed legs from either leg bags or leg straps from holsters mm-hmm. over time you get hot sweaty nasty it pulls your pants up it rubs it's just it's just nothing once it starts to get irritated then that's all you're thinking about while you're trying to move and do stuff because it's bugging you right you know? and uh, that all takes away from you know both physical and mental awareness uh, when you're out doing stuff yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I guess you would know that you've uh, you've been out there in the in the shit before, so you know what needed to happen. <clears throat> yeah, so I'm yeah. Looking, yeah, I'm looking at this. I you, I see you've got even even handcuffs handcuff holsters, uh, different clips, mm-hmm. that tourniquet pouch. That tourniquet pouch is pretty nice. I, I have that on mine as well, and so I really like that. Yep. Yeah, it, it seems like that one's going to last forever. I've I've also seen those. You know, have, you have your tourniquet in a you know, in the bag you're carrying and the, the damn thing's always in the very bottom, you know? It's always in the bottom. People always keep it in the wrapper and I always tell them like, make sure to unwrap the thing. Cause it, it's not, that wrapper's not going to keep it from getting dirty, do anything else. going to keep you from using it when you need to. Right. And then just keep it in a, keep it in a good holder in an accessible spot. And that's been the main thing we, you know, from me having the medical background, I like to make sure everyone has the ability to use the gear that they have. So a lot of guys will say, I have a tourniquet. Well, where is it? You know, yeah. it's in my bag. Well, yeah. if, you're, if you're using guns, the bare minimum, you should have a, a tourniquet on yourself, if not a full IFAC. We we have a nice small IFAC. It's very basic and simple just for that reason. It's like you don't need to have everything under the sun, but you need to have something to do a pressure dressing with, seal up some, you know, an entry and an exit wound on the chest. Yep. And, uh, you know, a space blanket, you know, to throw on someone, well, if they get shock or anything like that going on. Right. Um, it's very, very simple. Not, yeah. not over the top. We don't have tons of needles in it. And then tourniquets, you know, it's keep one on your body somewhere, whether it's your belt, your chest, you know, um, anywhere like that when you're out doing stuff. I mean, I, I keep them with me when I'm running a chainsaw. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> I, I saw Texas Chainsaw <laughs> yeah. Massacre. I know about that. <laughs> I saw that movie. That was in yeah. Texas. Come on. <laughs> Let, well, let's back, let's back up a little bit. Tell me about, tell me about whenever you went to school to be a medic. Tell me about that a little bit. Uh, how did that work out? Did it something that you would just interested you or did they say you got volunteered for it? Uh, actually it was kind of a, kind of an odd one on that. I was, uh, I was supposed to go airborne infantry ranger, um, via my first contract and I ended up, I was colorblind, uh, red green colorblind. And they denied me that basically said, Nope, can't do infantry. Of course you look back at it. I could have done anything I wanted to, if I'd have known how to work the system. Right. Right. But, the, um, at that time it was 2003. So war was, war was going, they were trying to fill slots. So they basically offered me a couple jobs and uh, medic was one of them. And I said, well, I'll do the medical stuff because I want to go in and, uh, and serve. And I said, I'll, I'll be a medic and hopefully I get on a line unit or something like that. Uh, went to, went through all the basic training, uh, medical AIT, uh, for Sam Houston, San Antonio, Texas, and did the regular army, um, 68 whiskey program and after about the first half of it they took volunteers to go to ranger bat so i volunteered and then of course they cleared us on all the colorblind stuff everything else so went to uh airborne school went to rip showed up at ranger bat um waited a little while went to the uh, socken course up at bragg mm-hmm. so the 18 delta course is a full year Mm-hmm. And they have what they call the short course, or the it's the half year version, which is all the trauma and all the major medical stuff. The second half is more the SF mission of hearts and minds and dentistry and animals and other stuff like that. So we did the first six months. Uh, it's a hell of a course. 
um, definitely definitely makes you work um, read some books and do some other things pretty pretty intense mm-hmm. but uh, got a lot of really good knowledge out of it and then ended up at uh, first ranger bat in savannah and uh, started working from there you know, a lot of good dudes uh, a lot of good knowledge in that program especially now it's it's really changed a ton mm-hmm. um, they've just learned so much from the war and all the different all the data from all the medical stuff i mean it's made huge changes uh, in yeah. battlefield treatment uh, but yeah, I, I liked the course a lot. It was, it was it definitely wasn't an easy course. Um, it tested you, but it was, it was well worth it. Yeah. Cool. So yeah, I just, I, I just ended up there randomly, you know, wow. it was, uh, was not my first choice, but I really liked it. Well, we always, we always hear about, you know, in the air force, the, the PJs. And so like, what's, what's the yep. difference in the training that you got and they got, or is it kind of the same? Um, some of it's the same. The, the, one of the biggest things is they do a ton of, rescue training mm-hmm. um as well so you know cutouts and things like that so a lot of stuff firefighters would do and, and stuff along those lines for for actual rescue confined space and mm-hmm. all that sort of stuff where they're going into plane crashes and whatnot um we really stick a lot more just to the medical stuff right because um, oh, our application's a lot more along the lines of you know what happens when you're on the ground doing stuff we we even worked with uh, some of those guys overseas or we would assist them um, if you know, if they had a, a crash or something like that. They might be the primary on there because they know the safety things for cutting up, you know, whether it's helicopters or anything else, cutting them open, doing all that other stuff. So we would just help run all the medical or security and everything else for them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess y'all didn't need that training because you had PJs for that. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Make them do it. Yeah. Make them we just do had it. to carry all the stuff for them. Yeah. You just had to. <laughs> Well, you could, <laughs> you can always get a golf cart, I guess, you know, a war zone with, you know, knobby <laughs> tires on it and you'd be all right. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Well, another, just a bunch of Rangers. Yeah, I got you. I got you. Yeah. I'm friends with a lot of those guys. So, <laughs> <laughs> and so anyway, well, there's another one, another little item that I see on here. That's like completely out and it's your stabber dagger. Where, where did that come from, man? So, uh, we were working with a guy down in Florida who um, mounted a Benchmade knife on top of one of our platforms where we do our hole spacing. So we actually started with the uh, Benchmade, uh, one of the Benchmade knives, uh-huh. and it went it went real well. And and they discontinued it, um, so we just you know hadn't really been messing with it. And we uh, we got talking to a couple of different knife companies, and we were like, hey, we really want to do this, you know. And, and a lot of them just wasn't at the time; it just wasn't practical, you know what they were talking about what we were talking about we actually uh, met with uh strop knives mm-hmm. and they uh you know got along really good with them and you know peter who's uh my general manager here and our, our head sales guy he um he basically set all that up went up there met with them we had a couple design parameters so he brought all the stuff up i couldn't make it up there and uh they did a from scratch dagger for us and this was I don't know, five weeks ago, six weeks ago, mm-hmm. uh, we got prototypes real quick. And then we went ahead and put in our, our first order. And what we did is we did a, a first run of 200 is all numbered. Okay. So they'd be the original, original 200 made. Um, they're all numbered. We did a pre-sale on them and uh, pretty much sold out of them. Oh, wow. Good. And, uh, yeah. So, so one weekend pre-sale, we, we sold almost all of them. We, I think we ended up stopping it because we needed to have a couple for ourselves. And, right. And, uh, you know, some friends to send them out to and, uh, I'll get you one out and, um, yeah, it's a great little piece. You can mount it on top of the, uh, 
multi-holster platform, or mm-hmm. you can mount it right onto the belt itself. It's just a real simple little push dagger, yep. uh, flat back, um, double edge, you know, grab it and just poke. Yeah. And it's, it's just a little last ditch thing. Someone's messing with your gun. Someone's messing with other stuff. You can grab it and, and do some work. Yeah. And it's got, it's, it looks like it's going to fit really nice into your hand too. Oh yeah. Yeah. It, it fits real well. And, uh, you know, and eventually we can do some, some cool little custom runs, whether it's Damascus or some other stuff. And, and the nice thing too is, uh, working with those guys up there. Um, they're really awesome, awesome knife guys, knife makers, and, uh, we can get custom laser markings on them. You know, mm-hmm. so if people want certain stuff on them, want them for a group, anything like that. They'll do custom handles, custom blade material, all that stuff. So it's, it's just, it's working out really well Well, good uh, with those guys. Well, good. Well, yeah. let me, y'all are doing, how, how many people you got working for you now, Josh? Uh, I think we just hit 17. Okay. Holy smokes. Yep. Come so a we, long way, been, brother. Oh yeah, man. It's, uh, it's crazy. Um, yeah, it's hard to, it's hard to even think uh, about, and we were talking about the other day, about three years ago, we were in 1200 square feet mm-hmm. and just, you know, stepping over everything, doing everything else, moved into a 6,000 square foot building, um, just started, you know, hiring people and slowly and training and doing all that stuff and everything's been growing and, and it's just really taken all over the last two years. It's just been just a straight uphill race. And, uh, now we're, now we're having to look for bigger building again. And I mean, it probably won't be too long before we're up 20 to 25 people. Wow. Wow. So, and y'all are, y'all are doing everything in house. Uh, just about, yeah. So all the, all the sewing, uh-huh. um, is pretty much all done in house. We've got all, all sewing machines here now, lasers, everything else for cutting all materials, right. um, full manufacturing capability. The only thing we're not doing in house is injection molding. And that's actually done here in South Carolina. Uh, not too far away at a buddy's place. He's an injection molder, builds our dyes for us and everything. So that's, mm-hmm. you know, we've, we worked really hard too, to keep everything like American made. Right very compliant even in the world we you know they you don't really have to right. um it's more more on principle you know we right we even even been working to get everything down to our screws made here we pay right. more for it but you know it's it's made here it's made right and um, that's something we've you know been proud of trying to do that's awesome man that's awesome i can't believe it i mean even even to go from what you've gone even in the whole time that i've known you but to do that in the even shorter time last you know three to four years that's amazing <laughs> congratulations oh thank you yeah it's been it's been a heck of a ride oh, cool <laughs> that's, why, that's why i haven't had any free time to get out there <laughs> well I, I understand that well what what's uh what, what should we look for in the future here because you talked about you know adding employees and stuff like that do you have do you have some new products that you have in the back of your little brain that you got working on and 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 you're trying to get we got it? some yeah we got a few more products for the le side that we got to get finished up mm-hmm. um just to match kind of our sets uh you know, some just uh, different styles of handcuff holders, a couple of things like that to round out that product line. Um, we're going to start doing, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm calling it um, holster management. We got a couple other uh, drop leg platforms in the works mm-hmm. that are going to be pretty awesome. Um, a lot different than what people have ever seen or, or thought of. Okay. Waiting on getting those getting those finalized right now, and we're just we're, we're in the testing phases. Okay. And then um, the uh, the PRS side of the house, we're actually uh, going to start doing a little bit more purpose-driven gear for that. 
Okay. Um, I'm starting to get starting to get a little bit back into it myself, and uh, I got a lot of buddies that that shoot um, uh, different places and ask for different things, and we've been you know kind of kind of working with them a little bit on some stuff, and that's what I was telling you the other day. Like I'm gonna um, I want to start talking to you a little bit about a couple other things that we have some ideas for. Let me get some prototypes in and send them out to you for some testing. Okay. Um, but we're looking at doing some uh, purpose built mag holders for all the AI stuff and 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 uh, the metal mags out there and just a lot of the things that are not as common. Yeah. Well, you're already doing that. You already have. You know, oh yeah. Well, pouches for that. So you're talking about improvements on the existing models or. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. We're going to make, we're going to do some, some overall improvements. Um, and just, we just, we, we've got some new capabilities with some guys that are going to really make us be able to make some really cool gear. Okay. Um, you know, everything from, Kestrel stuff to mag holders to just you know it's a different ball game when you're shooting the PRS stuff. So yeah, um, being able to carry everything you want, being able to shoot comfortably while you're doing it, and access everything you know while you're doing it, and have it protect all your gear that's expensive. Yeah, keep it you know keep from getting banged up, keep from losing things. Uh, that, that's a huge one. Mm-hmm. Um, it's expensive when you start losing all these metal mags and everything else. Yeah, I know. So, <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. Those things are high dollar. Yep, that's and, that, well, it's actually funny because that's actually how I got started with a lot of this um, original gear with the the shot cord and stuff, Evolution Series. Mm-hmm. It was actually after being out there uh, making stuff and guys kind of talking about the stuff they liked and things they didn't like, but also coming in. And one guy was like, I just lost a $90 mag because yep. this thing wouldn't hold it. And he's like, please make something. So that's kind of when the gears got rolling. You know, that was that was a long time ago. Yeah, but, yeah. And the magazine, yeah. the magazines have gotten more expensive since then. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like every everything has oh, gone yeah. up in price. So yeah, I get you. I get you. Well, I look forward. Yeah. I really look forward to seeing seeing what you have coming down the coming down the the road. You know, for Wilder Tactical, and we, mm-hmm. we, we want to support you guys. You guys have always supported us, and and we appreciate it from the bottom of our hearts. The that big old box. That's oh, like, yeah. shit. Josh sent that. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't even lift it up. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're one of the uh, you know we get you're one of the first people that ever uh, we ever did anything with. Yeah, uh, really, I think you're right. One of the first dealers we ever set up when I was just doing custom work, and I'm still working overseas. And uh, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, it's always wanted to make sure to support you guys and everything you did. You supported me when I was just starting, so you know. We appreciate. I cussed you a couple times because we would order shit and it wouldn't show up because that you were overseas (laughs) and then you come back and you wouldn't. You working assholes and elbows to fill our order. It's appreciated. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, that's you know, it's like it's all things you learn over time, growing pains and everything else, and it's definitely helped us out. You know, those kind of things. You know, sometimes you need that a little bit to. Mm -hmm. uh, help you set everything up right in the future, you know, and, right. and make it smooth. Now, right. now we're only behind because we have a, a lot of people ordering our stuff. Yeah. Well, that's good. That's a good problem to have. And so, yep. yeah, perfect. Hey, well, you know, have you, have you done any like cool shooting? Like, you know, put a, a barreled action on a two by four or anything like that lately? Not lately. No? Not lately. I, I actually finally put that gun on a stock. Oh, really? What for? And, it was shooting fine without it. Well, I know, but you you still have that down there, I think. <laughs> I might. You, uh, it never came. It never came home with me. Oh, okay. <laughs> now, 
Yeah, it was funny. We were talking. I had a I had a private instruction. We were going yesterday afternoon, and uh, we were up on the tower working on movers. This, this guy wants to get get solid on his moving targets and stuff. And we started talking about you know weird shit that you could do with the rifles. I said, I got a YouTube video for you. <laughs> so <laughs> pull that up, and it's like, oh my god, <laughs> mm-hmm. I can't believe it. Yep. anybody who I doesn't know Josh. Josh uh, made a makeshift stock out of a two by four. And we duct taped a <laughs> barreled action to it in 300 wind mag, not braked or anything else. He made a triangle, triangle bipod up front. It's on YouTube. It's a savage duct tape to a two by four, a thousand yards, something like that. You can find it. And so yep. we, whenever we got that thing, you know, there's, there's no, there's no grip on it. You know, the trigger, there's no trigger guard. There's no magazine holder. There's nothing. <laughs> <laughs> we got that thing and, and duct yep. tape it. And then we went over to, uh, went over the hundred and got it zeroed. And it, it seemed like it zero. I said, man, let's go straight to the tower. We went out there second round hit you know and it, it on the video it's a second round hit and i get all the glory because i'm the only one in the video but there was about seven people on the tower i think everybody hit at a thousand with that thing that day yeah oh yeah yeah, yeah. and it was because you you fought you shot three shots to zero it so we mm-hmm. mounted that scope on there you shot three shots you said it's it's tracking perfect i trust it went to the, the tower and so we didn't even like fine tune that zero just yep it's it should be good went up there he fired one i think it was just a little bit off to the I think the left side or something, but left and low, barely off. Yeah, left and low. Yeah, left and low. Yeah, left and and low. And then second one smacked it, and then I think the next two guys that got on it had first round hits. Yep. Um, right off the bat, and yeah, everybody sat down on it and shot it, and everybody got a hit at a thousand. Yeah, it was great. uh, Oh yeah. Yeah, that, that was, was fun. That was a good video. I think the only one that that uh, garnered a little bit more attention was a barrel change video. Did you ever see that one? No, I haven't. Okay, it's on. Check it's, it out. It's somewhere. I'll send you a link to it. I don't know where it is, but I know it's out there. <laughs> if you want, if you want to really, if you want to really laugh a lot, read the comments. So <laughs> <laughs> nice. Basically changed. Oh, a, yeah. Basically changed a, a barrel with a, a crescent wrench and a four pound sledgehammer. So you can. <laughs> nice. You can you can see how that nice. works. Sounds like. Sounds like something I would do. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah. Well, I, there's so many, so many of the barrels that I have have you know like uh, pipe wrench marks on them because I wasn't smart enough to tell you know if we're spinning up my barrels to put crescent wrench flats on it. So they started putting crescent wrench flats on it, and so <laughs> that's fine. It works fine. <laughs> it works really good. But yep. I, I do have a stack of barrels that have you know pipe wrench marks on it. But you know, hey, it worked. <laughs> oh yeah, it got it all. Yeah, well, cool, man. Well. That's exactly right. Well, what are you what are you doing for fun these days? Or you don't have time to have a hobby? I don't have time to have a hobby. I got uh, I got married. I got two kids. Wow, how uh, old are they? Two little kids. Uh, going to be uh, my youngest, my little boy uh, is going to be two in July, and uh, my little girl she is uh, three. Wow, just turned no. three not too long ago. So you don't have you don't have any time for three. hobbies. <laughs> no, no. I think my wife would kill me if I got another hobby. Yeah, that's um, for sure. Yeah. Just working on the working at the house and still building stuff down there and clearing some land and getting ready to hopefully build a house in the next year or two and uh, running this place and trying not to go crazy. Yeah, well, I I wish you continued success and continued continued rise in this thing, man. It means a lot. It means well, a I lot. I really appreciate it. The same to you, and you know, you've always been been awesome to work with, and and I appreciate everything you've always done for me. Well, very good, man. Very good. Well, listen. We'll wrap it up here. Uh, a little bit of a, a shorter podcast, but I've got some stuff that I need to take care of, and I know that I need to get you back in that office. So, 
man, again, oh, yeah. again, I want to thank you, uh, for, for doing this, you know, coming on and taking the time and anybody, uh, if y'all know ROAP at riflesonly.com, that's the email ROAP at riflesonly.com. If you got any questions for Josh or, uh, need him to solve a problem for you when it comes to carrying gear and stuff like that, he's got years of experience doing this and coming up with, uh, outside the box ideas to make it work that inside the waistband holster is absolutely the most comfortable one I've ever used. And uh, it, that's just that's just the tip of the iceberg. And go and check out his website at wildertactical.com. And again, like I say, if you got any questions for him, uh, just send that in, and I will forward on the email. And if it gets you know too heavy, and he wants to he wants to visit with you personally, we can arrange that as well. Um, thank you all guys for listening. Keep in mind, we got the Colorado classes coming up. Although I think this one is going, I'll probably be doing a Colorado class whenever this one comes out. But again, Josh, thanks to you, man. I appreciate it. Thank you, Jacob. I really appreciate it, and uh, good to be on here. And uh, let's uh, let's plan out something for next year. That sounds we'll get good. Get down there for one of the competitions, and uh, just have some fun. That sounds good, man. Stay with me on this, uh, Josh, while I outro it, and we will yep. talk a little bit more. Thank you, guys, again okay. for listening. I appreciate it. Check it out: riflesonly.com, wildertactical.com. dot <laughs> com.